to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations in Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am going to get right to it. I I have had this person, um, I have an interview today that is very near and dear to my heart. It's with someone who is very near and dear to my heart. My interview today is with tarot reader Aaliyah Walston. Um, so I first met Aaliyah when she, I did uh, a weekend uh, soul tarot retreat at Maha Rose North back in, I think, hmm, I don't remember whether it was 2015 or 16, one of those, I think 16. I'm not great at years, but um, <laughs> that's a quote. Um, I'm not, but she came. Everyone else was from the New York area. There were, it's sold out and there were several women there and she was the only Chicago person and she had come because she wanted to learn, flew up, totally trusted this teacher, this person that she had never met before, these women that she'd never met before um, and put herself in a pretty profound position of trust and surrender and vulnerability improved over the course of the weekend to be one of the most soulful, potent um, people that I'd ever had the privilege to teach her understanding of the cards is beautiful. And since meeting her, um, she has, I have watched her having nothing to do with me or my retreat or my teachings blossomed into one of the most deeply connected, intuitive, courageous, soulful uh, people who is so willing to go there on anything, so willing to talk about the truth, so willing to talk about feelings versus facts. She's very well-versed and very, um, very respectful of the brain-soul connection. It, it She's amazing. She's an amazing person. It's an honor to know her. And um, I actually know of Aaliyah from my friend and former student, Grace Devaney, who is also from Chicago, who will be on the podcast one day too. So Aaliyah Walston, I want to tell you a little bit about her. Um, she describes herself as an intuitive reader and educator with her practice focusing primarily on tarot and astrology. The intention of her work is to help liberate people from old paradigms of victimhood, scarcity, and fear. And she says on her website, as someone who's experienced the exhaustion and pain of, and disempowerment that comes with identity issues, trauma, and drug and alcohol addiction, I hope to teach folks the tools to learn through our painful experiences into a more joyful and empowered way of living. Her healing practice centers on intuitively channeled conversations with clients in order to give them the tools to make informed choices in alignment with their true soul purpose. She's very, very powerful. So it was an honor to have her for this conversation. Obviously, I really enjoyed doing it. I think you're going to love it. She really brings it <laughs> like the tools and gifts that uh, she brought to this interview are pretty unparalleled. Um, they're amazing. So in this interview, Aliyah and I talk a lot about addiction. We talk a lot about brain chemistry. We talk about her journey. Um to really uncovering and discovering that she has gifts, um, intuitively, psychically, and how that 
initially manifested itself in coping mechanisms such as addiction. And we also spoke about her journey through that, through recovery and through awareness. And uh, Leah really brings the the power and the punch on many um, medicine offerings for the cards that we talk about. But she really, um, there's a very special thing that she offers on the judgment card. It's pretty amazing. And I'm just so excited to share it with you because I love her. And I would love for everyone listening to this to, uh, well, I know you're going to love her, but support her, book her out, love her up. She's teaching a workshop in Chicago on the major arcana. I'm sure it will be like many more to come. Um, she's a voice and a gift and has teachings in the tarot community that are really like needed and phenomenal. And so, um, yeah, let's lift her uh, like as she deserves to be lifted. And, um, yeah, she's just amazing. As you can tell, I love Aaliyah. So enjoy this. Enjoy this conversation between Aaliyah Walston and I. I will uh, connect with all of you at a new um, a new installment of Tarot for the Wild Soul next week. We're going to be talking a little bit about the trauma or the tarot and trauma and how to use it for mental health and well-being. So, um, yeah, I will speak to you then. And until then, enjoy this interview. Have a beautiful week and take care. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, deep conversations and tarot medicine for your highest evolution. I am so excited um, to have my absolutely beautiful magnificent guest today. I'd love to welcome Aaliyah Walston to the podcast. Welcome, Aaliyah. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you. <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> so happy to have you. You're just saying that Aaliyah was at <clears throat> my very first tarot retreat um, two years ago, and we haven't connected since then, but it's been such a gift to see just your unbelievable expansion via Instagram and just the beautiful work you're doing. It's amazing. And so having you on here, I'm just so excited to connect with you, period. You know, that feels really delightful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. <laughs> oh, you know, by the way, speaking of that retreat, I, I'm doing another tarot retreat. Um, we did not talk about this before I press record, but like, Everything that I'm doing at my next tarot retreat, like I learned to do through what not to do because of the first one, <laughs> like literally yeah. everything is like the opposite of what happened the first time. <laughs> That's so funny. I think about that a lot because I remember you saying that at the end of the retreat, you're like, oh, I have all these ideas for next time. And so I've, I've always been curious as to how it's evolved since then. Yeah. It's so fresh and new. Just. You know, it was a new experience for all of us. For everyone. And everyone was so willing to go with the flow. Um, it was great. So for everyone listening to this being like, what the fuck are they talking about? I taught a weekend tarot retreat at Maha Rose North, which is beautiful. And everything I'm saying had nothing has nothing to do with Maha, but it was just like too short of a time to teach that level of material and... Um, 
it was really hot and it felt very sensitive energetically to a lot of people there. That's a kind way of putting it, I think. People felt like it was very, um, very alive spiritually and energetically. And like, I didn't realize that the food was like completely vegan until we got there, which <clears throat> I won't even go there, but uh, it didn't suit everyone, including myself. And for anyone vegan listening, love you, but not everyone is the same. So it just is what it is. But um, <laughs> just going to leave it at that. But it was like everything that it didn't, nothing went wrong. It was just like, oh, wow, like people need more food and they need to be it, just everything. I was like, all right, great. Everything I'll do, everything differently next time. <laughs> um, but you were one of my favorite parts about that retreat. And so it's really sweet to be able to connect with you here. Um, so I'd love to start at the beginning at this question that I've been asking a lot of people recently, and it's been so rich, which is where uh, were you born and raised? I was born and raised in, on the south side of Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. I have lived in Chicago all my life, with the exception of I went away to college and to Oberlin in Ohio. And when I was studying, studying in, in Oberlin, I studied abroad in London, too. So for all intents and purposes, I've only lived in Chicago in my life. So, um, yeah, it's been a really interesting journey coming from the person that I was physically born <laughs> to the person that I am now and where I live now. Mm. Um, I grew up um, with like a, a decent amount of privilege, like middle class, upper middle class, black home. Um, I went to mostly private schools. Uh, I have an older brother who went to mostly public schools, which is also like an interesting kind of life. Um, and my my brother's eight years older than me and I have uh, my, my parents are still together. Um, and living together. And my dad, it's funny you're talking about vegans. My dad is vegan. So I grew up eating a lot of vegan food, but I'm nice. also like, I, I will, I will choose the fried chicken over the <laughs> tofu like any day. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm um, that way too. Yeah. And yeah, and my mom is not vegan or vegetarian, but um, yeah, I, I had a really interesting time in Chicago <laughs> as a child. So it's an interesting journey, and I can expand on that too. If, if I would interested. be delighted for you to expand on it. How, like, well, whether do you feel called to move into it further right now, or as we progress? Um, a little bit of both. Yeah, cool. I can do a little bit of both. Um, so I didn't grow up with a particularly a uh, spiritual kind of household. Mm -hmm. I went to, I, I did go to Catholic school for elementary school, um, kindergarten through eighth grade. And so I had like a general concept of what God was, and I was mostly afraid of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but with my, my, and my dad, even though he's, he's vegan, as I said, and very like, he's a Virgo, like triple Virgo, like very conscious Ooh. of his, uh, his body. Actually, yeah, he's more than triple, but like he's a Virgo sun, Virgo rising, and Leo moon. Holy so shit. it's a really <laughs> interesting energy. And he's like, uh, like was a big studier of spiritual texts. And he um, was also like an amateur astrologer himself. And he did all of our natal charts by hand. Oh my God. Back in, 
in the 70s and for me the 80s um and he, he was civil engineer so drawing and precise equations and all that stuff is part is his, his life wow. um so there was always like this like mysticism and magic like in the background like they're all his books were like visible and everything but it wasn't we didn't talk about it a lot which was an interesting kind of experience so i was always like aware of other worlds and i was always very into astrology like even as a kid i loved reading about the weird darkness of scorpio <laughs> because that was my sign <laughs> um like even yeah as a kid i was very much like into that. looking into the void like mm. all the time um so but i it wasn't like formalized in any way i would say so everything that i've kind of picked up has been just because I've made a choice to actively engage in it, but it wasn't until adulthood, like well into adulthood that I started to explore that stuff more. That's so powerful because I feel like I've talked to only a tiny handful of folks whose parents had a hand, even a loose hand in that world. You know, like I think it's very, Mm -hmm it's a really strong difference. Like when, even when it's just in your field and you can physically see it, you've heard of it, you know, um, it's really powerful. Um, now that's really helpful to also hear too, because in my, um, experience, at least the, the, the anxious voice that comes up in me. And when I am in like a space where I'm comparing myself to others as, uh, a channeler and like a healer, my mm. assumption is always like, Oh, everyone's been doing this forever and I'm the new one <laughs> and I don't know anything. And so I, I, that's actually, it's a comfort and just like, also like a duh, we have like who, <laughs> like who else grows up with being surrounded by like Buddhist texts and yeah. like all these <laughs> wild, like all this wildlife, like, come on girl. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's different. <laughs> You're different. <laughs> You are. And, and in so many ways, the one, like you're, you're so unique and special and fuck. Yeah. Like that is a rare ass way to be raised. And I think special, deeply special, especially like rooted in the patrilineal side, I feel like is really Mm -hmm. special. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you always know that you were an intuitive or did it take a really long time to center into like, Oh wait, these are, gifts and not just me being sensitive or not just my, you know, did you, did it take you a little while to discover that you were a a channeler and a really deep intuitive? It did take me a while. And I think that because I was exposed to astrology so early, I had an, an inkling but I would always, as a child, but I would always find ways to talk myself out of it when I was younger. Mm. And my, also my understanding of um, magic was, you know, based off like TV. <laughs> so totally. because I wasn't able to like conjure like a pizza, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch <laughs> or something like that, right when I wanted it, you know, I then I thought like, oh, actually I'm not magical. So I would find all kinds of ways to deny deny my magic even mm. when I would resonate deeply with um the descriptions of Scorpio especially when you're talking about um, looking into the void and having being you know psychic quote-unquote and sensitive I always just thought that I was just 
um, shy and scared, <laughs> which is true mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Um, and I didn't realize that part of what I was actually processing was intuition until I'd say after, after college, it wasn't until like, after college that I finally realized like, Oh wait, there's something else to what's happening with me. Yeah. And, and did it manifest itself? Like, <clears throat> obviously everyone is different, but I know for myself, um, like I, my intuitive, like my whatever empathy or, or intuition, I either felt like, it either felt like crazy or anxiety. Like, did it ever manifest itself in ways that you later had to, um, work through and evolve through to reclaim that gift? Yes, absolutely. Um, I for sure thought that I was crazy for like (laughs) most of my life. Um, and a lot of how this stuff manifested for me, it was this like how I I just tried to run away from it and run Mm -hmm. away from my sensitivity because, you know, frankly, like growing up, my sensitivity was not really valued that very much either in my home or at school um, with other people so I always felt like a freak like I didn't belong anywhere like Mm -hmm. I didn't belong in my predominantly black like elementary Catholic school and I but then I went to high school um, which was like the exact opposite of my elementary school I went to like a a very expensive private school um, in Chicago Um, just hella white like (laughs) hella white (laughs) Um, and I was like, I don't, it's so funny. Like all these ways, like there's no way that I could can't like, I could not snuff out my individuality even when I tried. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this like really, um, kind of stodgy, um, high school, but I was, you know, and everyone's wearing like the Lord jumpsuits and like (laughs) Abercrombie or or whatever was popular (laughs) then. And I'm rolling through in like all black, like fishnet stockings, like combat (laughs) <laughs> like like spikes and I'm like who and it's like who is this black girl who's like rolling through like with this look at this at this school which, which it was an amazing school so I can't complain about the education but it was a really weird experience going there and then afterwards I I went to you know kind of hippie dippy college um, but in in that experience I basically I struggled with a lot of like addiction behaviors up until I'll just say like last year really that mm. started in in college um but was always there like even <laughs> the thing when I was younger like before I even went to college I one of the things I remember writing about in my journal when I was younger was I can't wait to like be able to be free and go out and like be able to drink like I really wanted to get drunk even though I'd never done it when I was in high school I just felt mm-hmm. that desire I felt that urge for escape and oblivion so strongly um had a very strict upbringing um and I never ever felt like I could just be myself fully like ever um and so to me going away to college and all that and going to these new schools was all like a form of escape like getting away from yeah from where I was from 
And so when it came to like intuition, like I didn't even know I possessed it because I was too busy, like either drinking it um, away or I also, you know, I had um, issues with harder drugs too. And so when that came up, there was like nothing else in my life but that that drug. So it took a lot of work to get to the point where I was like, hey, this sensitivity is bigger than what I'm making it out to be. This, this sensitivity is me. I was me picking up on everything. And I just am learning how to actually navigate the world being this, this receptive. Wow. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that sincerely, because I know that you're giving voice to so many people listening to this who maybe are even like where you were last year or two years or five years ago who are having lightning bulb moments right now, like, fuck. Like, could some of these behaviors be my coping mechanism to work on tamping down the absolutely profound power of my gift? But, like, we don't – no one thinks that way until we're where – you just described and sometimes people don't even get there, you know? So it's just a gift that you're sharing it with us. And I'm very grateful. That's such an important part of all this for me is that I, you know, we understand, I understand that we all have our journeys and so much of what we experience, like we have to, the way that we humans are, like we learn the easiest and the most efficiently through pain. (laughs) And so I understand that like, we have to have our painful journeys um, to get to where we are. And I absolutely had to have mine, but I really just want to be able to share with people that it doesn't have to be only a journey of pain, that there's so much light and available to us. There's not even just only like light. It doesn't even have to feel that clean. There's just so much energy that's available to us so much that we can do, but we don't have to be limited by, you know, what our brain is telling us, like, that's, I, I, I really, I speak to the people who have suffered from addiction the most, the people who have suffered from low self-esteem, the people who don't, who feel like they don't have a voice, because I'm surrounded by amazing people who are so witty, so smart, <laughs> and they just, and I see them, and I, they just don't see themselves that way, and that, and that's me, that was, yeah. that's me. And so I just want to give people the invitation that we don't have to make ourselves small and live in straight up misery. You know, there's a, there's another world available. That's so powerful, girl. Thank you. Like legit, you're bringing, you're bringing the deep medicine. It's so beautiful. (laughs) And you know, that invitation that you're describing is really profound because you're walking your talk and living that truth, you know, and it's like, there's no greater way to invite than to say, I know what it is over there and I know what it is over here. And I'm still bowing to both and yet choosing as best as I can every day to commit to the depth and the power of what it is to evolve and not have it be just pain to actually have it be feeling these feelings, but not only having it be centered there. And it's not a surprise to me that in that 
there's been this epic reclamation of your intuition and magical gifts, which to have, I mean, whatever, who am I to say this about you, but they have pretty clearly traveled with you through multiple like lifetimes. <laughs> like you're very clear, like born channeler, healer, like deep ass old soul, very clearly. So it's like that being a part of the space holding for you, while I really bow to your journey and the fact that you had to go through it, it's really so moving to hear you talk about it now. You know, there's just Thank so you. much, yeah, there's just so much wisdom to be shared there that you have. That's really powerful. And I think everybody, I think everybody who, everyone has something not, it's not a diminishment in any way, but I think everybody, whether it's like distracting behaviors or whatever it is, has something that's been a very effective tool for them in terms of like suppressing or silencing the intuitive gifts that then when there's a confronting or a reckoning of it, there's just, there's a lot of like, uh, what is detangling, <laughs> you know, that can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that, that detangling still feels super fresh to me. Um, even just like, like you say, I, I do, I do the work like every day and anything that I post on Instagram, which is my current preferred method of sharing with the world, um, is stuff that I have personally worked through. Like I, I have a hard enough time talking about the stuff I actually have been through. Like I would <laughs> never share anything that I haven't done myself. And so like this, like awakening and being like, Oh wait, I am. This is what being quote unquote psychic is. Like I'm picking Fuck up yeah. this is what intuition is. I'm picking up on this stuff and it's not a reflection of my, you know, weakness. Like I'm not a weak person for feeling like, that takes a, an enormous amount of strength, like mm -hmm. feeling a lot. <laughs> like that's, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, and it's real work. Um, and it's, it's not a, a, a small thing to do. So yeah, like it's, it's an honor to be able to mm. share this experience. And also like the knowing of me being like an old soul is funny because it's, it's true, but it's like, I still feel like fresh, like right now, <laughs> you know, like it's still yeah. coming it's coming out. I've gotten like glimpses of it. Like the, the glimpses that I have truly had of it, of the whole self have been like, whew, like knocked me off my seat, like amazing. Um, but it's also like so fun to recognize that no matter how old of a soul I might be, I still have to like be down in the trenches, down the shit, like on earth, like mm -hmm. dealing with the real messiness, like right now. Um, like that's, that's the journey for all of us. doesn't matter who we are, you know? Fuck yeah. I hear you on that one. <laughs> do I ever um and you know again if I can just say this and then we'll shift into tarot like I just want to give another like fuck yes amen to something that you just said here which is I think so important important doesn't even begin to cover like there has truly been a profound collective misunderstanding about what being an intuitive is. And it's like been painted as this thing that as, as this person that looks a certain way is really smooth mm -hmm. and really together and who is not 
you know, differently bodied or like, like there's just no true, um, like collective symbol for the fact that this journey through this lifetime is, is very hard because of exactly what Mm -hmm. you just said. You can't take anywhere. You know, you and I share a teacher, like, you know, we, you have worked with my, with the woman that I've worked with too. And she has said many times, like, you can only take people as far as you're willing to go, even if, you know, like, and it's true. You can't, you actually, you actually have to go through the waiting and the wanting and the saying no and the intensity and the breathing. And it's definitely not linear and it's definitely not cute. I mean, like I can try, but a lot of the time for me anyway, like it's really not cute. Um, Mm-hmm. it's really not cute. <laughs> so like the fact that you're, you're honoring, like, I think like, I feel fresh too, girl. I really do. Like I do, the more I mm-hmm. do this work, the more I'm like, well, I don't know. Why don't you tell me, you know, like I, I just yeah. like really just bowing with the most excited full heart about the truth you're bringing. Cause it's really what it is to be in the yes of having intuition, I think, and knowing wanting to be of service with it in your own life and others is the best you can. Like, it's not easy. It can be not hard. I think sometimes it's like, it doesn't have to be suffering, but I think it does. It's not easy. It's not always easy, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, to expect ease is, is missing the point in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. When did tarot come into your life? Like, when was that moment? And was there a specific deck? So I had known about tarot through pop culture. And again, I had a very kind of restrictive upbringing. And so the idea of dabbling in actual practice with something like tarot was not necessarily something that would have occurred to me or would have been encouraged. Um, so it kind of took me a little while to get around to tarot and I was first really introduced to, um, to it in a way that was accessible to me was through my, my great friend, um, Grace Devaney. Um, we worked together at this uh, contemporary art museum in Chicago and we shared a a cubicle wall and, Mm. you know, we were like two two black girls working in the curatorial department (laughs) (laughs) and we had uh, mutual friends. Um, And so we start, we, we very quickly um, became friends ourselves and she had had experience with um, tarot. She had her her own deck Um, and she was like, Oh yeah, I follow all these different folks on Instagram. And the, one of the people that she recommended to me was, was you actually. Mm. Um, And so you and um, Tatiana Taro are the two people that stand out of my mind as the folks that made Taro like accessible to me and and spoke Mm. it in a language that I didn't know intellectually. But when I saw it and when I heard it, I was like, whoa, (laughs) like this is speaking to a part of me that I didn't know it was around, you know, like it made sense. I didn't have to 
you know, have lots of experience like reading about spirituality or anything because I just I just felt it. It felt real. And so I started going down this whole Instagram hole <laughs> of tarot. And um, I also had like a couple good readings um, from friends, including Grace, and where it finally like made it personal. But that's like mm. kind of like the story of my whole journey. Like I have to really see things or go through something myself in order for me to be able to use it. And so I finally um, bought my first deck. I got a Rider Waite deck that's like mm. most people do um, off Amazon. <laughs> well, that's my 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 problematic fave in a way, Amazon. So <laughs> I ordered that <laughs> off, off Amazon and it came in time for me to, um, I started a new job, the job that I currently have. I, I'm the, um, I'm the external partnerships and programs manager at the Chicago high school for the arts. Um, it's kind of like a mix. It's a mixture of a high school and a nonprofit. And I'm on, um, the outreach side of, of that. And so right when I was starting that job in September, 2015 is when my first deck came in the mail. And I'd kind of been like, Oh, reading about stuff on the internet, like, Oh, I should be gifted a a deck or I can't buy it. But I was like, nah, (laughs) I don't have time for all that. (laughs) So let me just, (laughs) I'm I'm impatient. (laughs) So like, let me figure out what this is about now. And when I, um, it was perfect timing because when I started, working with that deck as I said I was in this new job and I was very nervous about this new role because I was going from an assistant position um, at the MCA the Museum of Contemporary Art where I was the assistant to the chief curator I moved from that to a manager position so it was like a big deal for me and I really knew that tarot that tarot was speaking to me at that time because I kept pulling the tower like in mm. my first dealings with Cheryl, oh like God. for the first three months, like of this new job, you know, this new experience. And I was just like tower, 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 tower all the time. And I was like, whoa. And thankfully I wasn't afraid of it. I think I understood what it was trying to tell me like pretty much right away. But like the, the, the dark cards, quote unquote, they're the ones that I understand pretty, <laughs> pretty intuitively, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I saw that, I was like, yes, like, I get it. This language is speaking to me. Yeah, yeah. that's where it, that's where it began. Like, not that long ago. <laughs> that's so it's so beautiful. And again, important for people to hear that they don't need to have gotten their first deck when they were like ten. No offense to anyone who you know, but it's like tarot finds us exactly when it's supposed to. It's great. Do you still? When you came to my retreat, I remember you were really vibing with the fountain. Is that still your deck? I am the kind of person I I switch between decks. I I'm have, here for that. I'm here for that. Um, That's great. Six or I have like between five and seven. I don't remember exactly how many. Um, and so I go through phases with each one. I I do love the fountain still. I kind of went through a time where I stopped using it. Um, I've gone back to it. Right now, I'm using um the Pagan Otherworld deck a lot. But I also have the Star Child Tarot. I have the Mother Piece. I have the Morgan Greer have spirit speak and I really um part of one of the reasons why I love Grace so much um she is so good at, at articulating the feelings that I have and like what I'm doing because so often I'm I go through life and I I, I have a harder time putting things to words um mm-hmm. but I, I I feel everything and so when I'm buying 
initially when I was buying decks, I was just like, oh, this feels good. This feels right. This is a, but when she, when I was talking to her about my process with decks, she was like, oh, you're using them as research. I love that you do that. It's research for you. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not that just when I'm scatterbrain or ADHD, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I am, but it's because <laughs> I'm trying to keep learning, like trying to get something new. Like it's not enough to just have one. I'm trying to get, dig in to everything here. So yeah, Pagan of the Worlds now. Um, I don't know what will we'll come next. Yeah. I like <laughs> something it. Something new or something from the rotation. Yeah, either one. <laughs> and I know that you're doing readings for folks as a part of you know, for an exchange. Like when did that when in that when in your journey did you decide like I'm gonna open up, I'm gonna take because it's such an intense moment to be like, sure, I'll take money to do this. And I feel like we the the empowerment of that, I think, is something so important to share. Like, was there, did you have to go through kind of a deep journey to get to the point where you were like, yes, I am ready. I can do this. I deserve to. Or was it more like, I'm just going to give this a shot and see? Yeah. So I started off with just reading for my friends and sometimes I would just like read it if I was at a party or a gathering I would mention that I have cards I, I, I like to carry a deck with mm-hmm. me um, usually um, and so the people would be like oh we read my cards and then I'd have to you know do that but I didn't have to but oftentimes I would choose to do that um, and just put myself out there and try um, and so when I signed up for your the your first retreat I was still viewing tarot as like a way for me to figure out who I was. Um, It was really like an important tool for for that. And um, again, like, and this is your podcast, but it's also funny because like, I still can like have a part of me that like fangirls too. So um, I hope you don't mind this, but like I, (laughs) I, you, at the retreat, um, you talked about wanting to do a mock reading for someone that's for the, the rest of the participants. And I like immediately, I usually <laughs> I'm like, I kind of like pause or something before I speak. And I think about the consequences of what I'm going to say, but this time I was like me, <laughs> I just like <laughs> raised my hand, like a little like nerdy kid, like me, pick me. <laughs> um, and when you did that mock reading for me, it was really eye opening in a lot of ways. Like it was, it was meant to kind of like show us like how to read for other people, but it actually just kind of turned into a reading of me, like a five minute reading of me, which is exactly what I wanted. I was like, I came here. I was the only one that came, that was not from the coast. So that was not from New York or from DC. I remember I traveled from Chicago to go to state New York. I was like, I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm going to get my, my experience worth. Like I'm, I'm going to get a reading from um, this bitch while I'm here. I'm going to make this happen right. for me. Yes. I respect that. <laughs> exactly and you were just like start start reading for other people like make it real like do stuff with um like grace had worked with you she was like do, you were like do stuff with grace and i was like boom it's a wrap like i so i often like wait for permission mm-hmm. and i really <laughs> i don't need the permission but i really value that invitation that you gave me then so mm-hmm. it is still for hard for me to charge that. people i i still feel weird about like charging in a way mm-hmm. um or at least like the the price like i never 
it's it's I know that it's it's like a it's a journey of understanding like my worth and like my value um and it took time and I'm I'm glad I did it cuz I know that I know I know like in the knowing sense that I am worth everything and more that I'm providing for people um but it's it took it took a lot of uh heart it took it was like the strength part I just had to like, just do it and I had to face it rather, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting journey. That's so powerful. Um, how, if you could describe like, you know, just really in your own way, like what are the experiences of your readings? Like, how do you like to flow with people in that way? Is it more like, like, cause I know you do astrology too. Like, do you, weave in your card readings with like counsel do you weave them in with other modalities um like what have you found because like you are so deeply soulful I'm curious like if a way of reading for people of your very own has kind of sprouted up as you've been doing it did that question make sense Sort of, yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I think, basically, I think that's like, that's basically, like, um, how do you give readings? That's essentially mm-hmm. the question. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do like a really simple spread. This is, I just do a three card spread. I'm not really big on tarot spreads i don't mm-hmm. really use them very often um i i trust that whatever is pulling is coming out like is what needs to be acknowledged and honored even if i find it initially like confusing or off topic and usually when i start off with a reading for someone and i read both in my home like in a private practice and at events um, bookstores and flower shops and all that. I, um, I basically, I try to introduce the people. I ask them, like, if they've had the experience of being read before, if they've had their cards read. Um, and I let them know that I'm not a fortune teller. I'm here to help you separate your, your brain stuff from what is real as, as I've learned from you <laughs> and, and Michelle, our, our teacher, um, mm-hmm. Like what I, I want you to be able to make empowered choices for yourself, um, inform decisions for yourself. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to judge you for anything. I'm just letting you know what the invitations are right now. And so I usually p- prefer to have people have a question, but if they don't, that's totally fine as well. And I just really try to take it from a perspective of what is really real. Mm-hmm. And how can we use our feelings, our emotions, because that's my, my, my wheelhouse is, is the feels. <laughs> how yes. can we use all that stuff in order to um, get to the, the truth of what we want to do to like live our best lives? Like mm-hmm. I, I want us to be able to parse through what we're experiencing for the sake of being in our, our most empowered self. So 
it's very conversational. It's very um, intuitive. The, I do do um, the tarot and ast- astrological readings, and that mostly comes from it's just like an extra little bit of help that I that I can get. I love reading um, natal charts. I love making the connections um, between a person's experience and um, their natal placements. And so I use the the natal chart as as a support. So I could say, you know, if someone is of an inclination to be more shy, but I see like their North node is in Leo. I'm like, girl, it's time for you to bust <laughs> Pop out. It up. Pop <laughs> like, it up. You know, like it's really easy for me to do that because like when I look at a natal chart, I'm not just looking at like your personality stuff. I'm trying to look as always in my work, I'm trying to look at your destiny. Like, what are you here for? Like, what are you here to really accomplish? So, you know, I could talk about like, someone's dating life as I wanted to but the thing that's really meaty to me is like you know where's your Chiron placement like what house is your north node in where's Pluto like where is the death come in because that's also some of my favorite stuff um I'm just really trying to get people to like activate their their destiny to the to the highest of my ability Mm. oh my god it's like (laughs) the finest thing I've ever heard (laughs) <laughs> thank you for sharing that I, I I don't usually ask people that question but it just felt right to flow with hearing you share your gift in this way because of the beauty of what you've been sharing and how committed to your journey you've been um I'm so grateful that people now who are listening to this, like know that that's what it can be and that that's your, like your gift and how, um, like, yeah, just beautiful. I don't need to qualify it. It's just beautiful. Thank you. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Um, do you have a, this is such a goofy car question, but like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, whatever. But, um, <laughs> Do you have a favorite card, like just a card that you love and cherish? Maybe you have more than one. What are your like one and onlys? I I really love the quote unquote silliness of that question. I'm part one thing I'm trying to learn. Like basically each month of this year, I've had like a different theme for of what I'm supposed to be, what I feel like I want to be moving through. Um, and definitely like lightening the fuck up is <laughs> one of is my theme for May because I'm so intense and so serious all the time. And like, I, I'm, I'm silly too. I, have, I definitely have a silly side and I joke around a lot, but, um, I learning presence and fun is a thing that, that is important to me. So thank you for this oh, silly question. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, I love the fool, um, that's one of the, my two favorite cards are the fool and judgment. I think wow. um, I love the fool. <laughs> yeah. Those are two really good faves. Fool. Yeah. They're really different from each other, but very similar in a lot of ways too. Um, the fool gives me permission. That, you know, as I was, I was talking about how I often need permission to do things, but I feel like the fool gives me just the invitation that I value to um, just put myself out there. Um, I am definitely, again, I'm a Scorpio 
and my inclination is to, to have my den and to hide and to mm-hmm. not be the kind of person that is necessarily the one that's going to be the most showy, the, the loudest or anything. Um, and the school, it gives me the excuse to just, just be exactly as I am and to, to go, uh, to take action, which doesn't always come easy for me, the, the action. So, and, and whenever I follow the, the medicine of the fool, greatness comes. Um, Ooh, that yes. could be the part of that is like a natal placement stuff too. And I have my Jupiter is an Aries. And so whenever <laughs> I feel that kind of, um, invitation, it's like, yeah, let's just go. Like it gives me a sense yeah. of being, I just can just, I know that things will fall into place. I know that there will be a flow. I know that there'll be a lesson that oftentimes will be joyful in the end, even if it comes from a place of darkness. Um, I always get, there's always a smile for me when I see the mm. pool. And that's part of the reason why I love it. Cause it, that's the permission for me to lighten up <laughs> yes. and I need that. Um, it's really great. Love it. And I love judgment because when I fully, when I really started to understand the energy of judgment is when I was working with Michelle last year. Um, and I was I finally kind of gotten around to the concept of like, like how can someone like Trump exist and how can we not judge him? Or like, who, who, what is he here to do? Like, I don't even think I'd gotten that far. I was like, like, if we are all good, then what's, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, are, what are we supposed mm-hmm. to be taking from this? Um, and then in that process, like realizing like, Oh, God, I mean, it's still hard to say, even if I know it's the truth that like Trump is like giving us such like a beautiful gift to like, and I like, I'm really grateful to him in so many ways, which again, it's not an easy thing to say, but it's a hundred percent the truth. And so judgment really brings me into that energy of being like, I see you, like, I see the gifts that you're yeah. giving me in this experience and you're giving me this pain so that we could release things together. That's one of my favorite things in the world when I'm, like kind of looking at the overall relationship that I have with someone. I do that a lot with like one-to-one relationships and I'll think a lot about how someone has kind of uh, made me feel, not made me feel, excuse me, like invited me into energies that aren't mine. And so I feel disempowered through that experience. Um, And then learning in the end, like the beautiful journey and the beautiful gifts that they've actually given me and being able to release and say thank you to that person and it just makes me smile it makes me laugh like even I just as an example I have a friend that we you know we haven't really been talking very much this year and I kind of went through a whole process of like looking at where we are after I felt like a little like slighted by this person and then when I really looked at the whole picture I was like oh my god what a wonderful gift of this resentment you get me you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's so perfect and what a fun way in retrospect of course to like experience this together like what a relief it's there's nothing like that and so judgment is it's the card that encapsulates that for me blown away you know blown away and just like a chorus of yeses is pouring from my heart. Like that's, I really believe that's why judgment is this card that is 
so hard for people because we're, we've not really had a collective example of it yet of actually looking at someone as a mirror in a true way and seeing their gifts and seeing what they're bringing to us rather than, or for us rather than to us and hearing you share your experience with that as a gift beyond words. It's so beautiful. Um, and I love that of, of anyone that's come on this podcast, I don't think anyone's ever picked judgment. And I love that period just to, just cause I really love that. It's such an important card and like kind of your card because it's ruled by Pluto. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's my, that's my dude, Pluto. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, what has a car, what has been a card for you that maybe hasn't stumped you or challenged you, but has there ever been a card where you've been like, God damn, like, you know, I know what you mean in the book. I like get you in theory, but I don't get you yet. Do you have a card like that? Or did you? I had an experience. Yeah, with a card that was like that. And the main one that sticks out to me right now is the Seven of Cups. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. The person before you picked that one, too. Oh, really? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. I love it. No, that's great. Um, the Seven of Cups, I, I don't blame it. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky card. Like, it's almost nonsensical, especially if you look at it in the, I don't know, my, my, my engagement with the Rider Waite version of it is, I, I, I find that, and this, this is true for a lot of the Rider weight images, I just get, sometimes I just get nothing from it, <laughs> but like when I initially, yes. or I'm just like, oh, what, what am I even looking at? I don't even know what the setting is. I, I, it's very confusing to me. Um, but I, I had a period of time last year where I was pulling the Seven of Cups a lot. And I just did not understand what was going on. Like I had no understanding of the meaning behind that card. And it was kind of related to a situation. I just like, I'd gotten out of a relationship um, and I was kind of like on the market for something that was more casual or so I thought, you know, and I, um, in, in one particular instance in one particular engagement with the person I was pulling the seven of cups a lot and I couldn't understand why. And, and I don't know what ultimately got me to finally get, it. I think, well, I, I think I might be partially blocking it out too, but <laughs> I think I had like a traumatic experience with this person. And mm. so through that um, energetically traumatic experience, I was able to see all the ways in which I was, um, sending, like splintering myself, like fracturing mm. myself, like splitting myself off into all these different directions um, and trying to get some sort of acknowledgement or return on, on, on this energy, like just really just hoping to have someone or something kind of like give me the answer in a way and like save yeah. me in a way, or like save my, my heart in particular, like my feelings, um, and so when I, I finally understood that that seven of cups is that moment when you are thinking that you are making a choice that is empowered and you're actually really just like disempowering yourself by mm-hmm. letting your energy like fly away from you, like at warp speed, you know, 
And uh-huh. so that moment where I finally had the aha with that card was so powerful. And I was just so grateful that I finally understood his message because it's like, okay, now that I see that it's come, what it's trying to say in the future, when I see it, I can, instead of feeling confused and angry about it, which, you know, can come up with tarot, especially if you read for yourself a lot. You're just like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like please, why is this happening? <laughs> um, now I know like when I'm doing that and I, and for a long time, I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. I didn't even know that that's what my energy was. Like my, something I just read about recently, like is I've been reading about Neptune a lot lately. Um, and Neptune is in my first house and I never really took that seriously for a long time. I was like, Oh, Neptune, it's like a generational planet. And like, you know, everyone talks about Saturn all the time. I just wasn't really focusing on Neptune. I finally started to read about, read more, dive into more of the energy of Neptune. And I realized like, Oh, it is my nature to just float. (laughs) And and that's okay. Like I, I recognize that that's my, my way of being and I can use that to my advantage as opposed to using it as a way to disempower myself. And so I feel like the energy of like Neptune in the first house and seven of cups are like super related because it's about like picking up on everything, but also making sure that you don't give too much away at the same time. Mm. So beautiful. Not only so beautiful in hearing about your experience, cause you know, well, yes to all that, but to really honor something that you said, like, Aaliyah, you really live your work with the tarot, you know, and I don't know that everyone even knows they have permission to do that. Like a lot of people, I think, think to just go to books, to go to certain people to see what they say, but they don't venture outside because it because for obvious reasons, it can be very terrifying to leap without nets. It can be hard to trust ourselves and it can be a tricky thing to know and reclaim power in being like, Oh, this is a tool and a mirror for me that in these circumstances with other people and in paying attention to the repetition of certain cards can provide all this context and then provide teachings, you know? So by you just sharing that story with seven of cups, like you just not only shared something so beautiful in how you move through the card and the challenge, but how, we really do shift into medicine and into something to share by doing our work with it. It was really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that's a really big thing for me about, like, I I read for myself every morning before I leave for work. Um, and when I tell people about that, they always ask, so, not always, but I often get asked, like, why? <laughs> like, why do I do that? Yeah. And initially, I was just like, what kind of question is that? Like, who, like, why? It's, I, I find it fun and also, like, an imperative in me to, like, always be questioning my, always, like, looking deeper at why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know? It's something, I can't help it. Like, it's a, it, it, it's a part of my, my rhythm. Um and it's a really, it's a way for me to be able to check in. And like, again, like if, if I don't experience it, if I don't learn through the cards myself, then that's, that's something that I can't share. And so it's really important for me to dive into it in that way. And yeah, like you said, to live it and to take notes and to like, let 
when those intuitive sparks come to me, because they do just come to me, I'll be walking down the street and all of a sudden, boom, I have to pull out my phone to write something down. Like, yeah, it has to be like always in a moment of being always ready to engage with the work. Um, always. Beautiful. And then, you know, you've shared like 4 million of these, but uh, truly (laughs) in this interview, like it's been (laughs) so powerful, but is there, um, a medicine story that you have in particular? Well, actually, wait, before I get to the medicine story, do you feel like, and can you sense like, what card do you feel like you're transiting through right now in your life? Um, yeah, I was thinking one, one, the first thing that came to mind when I was thinking about this question was temperance. Mm. I think that that might be one. I think that I, I went through a, a period of, a long, like, like death period for sure. And definitely like an intense hangman period too, where I just really had to learn how to sit with the discomfort and how to be, um, be present for myself as I was passing through these various, um, moments of grief. And so I can kind of actually answer the other question you're about to ask while speaking about this quest, uh, this part too. Um, basically like through the work I was, I've been doing, um, and what was initialized through work with Michelle last year was basically coming into a moment where I was like reclaiming myself. Like I have often just let myself, um, just kind of flow with other people's shit (laughs) and like just being fine with that. And I, had to learn how to separate myself from other people's ideas and desires for me. And part of that process has been, um, I, I don't speak to my, I haven't spoken to my family really. Uh, I haven't seen my family since August and they live, they live in the same house where I, where I grew up, um, on the South side of Chicago. And I haven't seen them since August, which is the longest I've ever, 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 ever even close gone without, seeing them um and it was a really it was a really tough time kind of Mm. untangling myself from my my mother in particular like I really like I I was handcuffed to her energetically (laughs) like like really really handcuffed to her and we are I, I love my mother we are just extremely different people and, Mm. you know, we're here teaching each other, um, but just really have different ideas for what our processes, our journeys are. And for so long, I was just deferring to her ideas of what is true and and not necessarily always in in words, most of the time, actually not in words, just in the way that I would, um, I would take it on myself. I would judge myself before anyone else could even get to me. And that's kind of where all the addiction stuff came in, where drinking, like, um, just to be frank, and this is in my moment of putting putting all my stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Like, I was a heroin user um, for about a year and a half. And I, like, just really, like, basically just trying to to slowly die in a lot of different Mm -hmm. ways, you know? Um, And just all of that energy was basically me just trying to like get away from the voice that was judgment 
you know, in the, yeah. the, the harsh <laughs> form of the word. And so it took a lot of untangling. Like I have gone through a really big process, like a clearing of energy that doesn't meet, that doesn't serve me. Like, I, like I said, I went through a breakup. I'm just speaking to my family. I don't, don't go out very as much anymore. Like I've made like a, a, a series of, of really difficult choices for the sake of learning who I am. And that's what this process has been at like a post addiction life, like actually learning what I'm about because so much of who I am has been like kind of muffled or kind of squashed down. And again, I don't blame anyone for that. I, the, the invitation was sent out and I accepted it. Those are the choices that I made for myself in order to make myself feel safe and comfortable and to move through life as I thought was correct. And so there's no blame. There's still like some resentment and anger that I'm working through. Um, it's going to, that's going to take some time, but you know, it's, it's been a real journey. And I'm, and I'm someone that I used to be a person that was like out all the time, like a million friends always coming over like just partying in the backyard. <laughs> like that was my <laughs> life. Like I was, I was down to hang out. Like yeah. I love hanging. I love housing. And so anyway, to go back to the question, the temperance is my experience of temperance right now is the kind of transform transformation, the transmutation that comes after you finally let go of all this yes. stuff that isn't serving you. When you finally grieve through all the things that you needed to grieve. And so I, I feel like, I feel the, the amazing process of like really being transformed by spirit, like right now, like, like it's so real. It's so like, I can just feel it. And, and the experiences that I have have been so amazing. The more and more I live in alignment with my real self and my true self, the more magic and opportunities keep happening. It's, it's unbelievable. And so I can really feel that kind of like process. And that's still bumpy. It's not like perfect like the bumpy process of like letting like the divine, like support me and mold me into, into me, you know? Yes. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like truly that was such an, such a deep offering. Thank you. Um, an honor to hear about your story and an honor to hear about how you, like how that card has been moving through you and how you've been living in that card. Just thank you. Um, and then, yeah, my final question again, like you've, you've done this with every card that we've talked about, <laughs> like everyone, but, um, can you recall an experience when you were reading for yourself or someone else and you thought that you knew what a card meant, or you thought that you had a sense of, of the knowing of it or the relationship of it. And upon, reading it for someone or for yourself, you had your mind blown open, blown open with what it actually was bringing. And again, you've shared a couple of these stories. So if you can, if you have one on your heart, it's just like any medicine story that you have about your interpretation of a card that has been really deeply sacred and special for you. If you'd like to share it, I would absolutely welcome you to. I love the question of like the sacred like experience because um, the the first thing that well the first thing that came to mind was the four of swords but that was kind of more of like the way that I use the four of swords sometimes 
as an excuse to like check out, which is not what that, that card is about. It's about, <laughs> you know, spending time with yourself, but not mm. about like whoop, turning off, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, which I, I have to watch myself because I, I have a Taurus moon. So if You'll there's an there. opportunity for me to sit, sit on the couch <laughs> and not think about anything, like, girl, yes, give me <laughs> the pizza and the couch, please. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, but the, the card that I had like a really um, like holy moment with that was super like, it, it, I guess it, it's not really mundane, but um kind of funny in some ways like I I went to LA last year um in November for my birthday my 30th birthday and um I didn't really tell my friends that I was coming until like a week or two before and so his my friend's mom was visiting too at the same time so we all decided to go um on a like a whale a boat tour for like just to see whales <laughs> and wow. um it was like in long beach or something and so we're just like on this windy um boat ride it's my friend his partner and their dog and my friend's mom and th- his partner is my my friend too i, mm-hmm. I love those two those two guys um and there was a moment when we we saw some dolphins and which is like uh dolphins are my dudes i love dolphins so much and so i we had stopped moving the boat so we could watch the dolphins you can even see i have this a video posted on instagram and it's not even like a good video you can just hear me like squealing and like yelling hello <laughs> at the dolphins i'm just like hello hello <laughs> like, like really funny <laughs> and there was a moment when all the dolphins had kind of like moved on and we were still just kind of sitting there and waiting for see if there more would come before we moved on and just seeing the ocean and the stillness of it I just had a moment where I was just standing and just watching and I kind of entered like a, a, a little bit of a trance state and I suddenly just thought like boom this is the moon card this is the moon <laughs> like mm-hmm. you staring like you and I just felt like the soul of the ocean like the depth of it um the activity in it, the weirdness of it, the darkness of it. I just got this real sense of like all this stuff that was like bubbling underneath the surface and the, the holiness of, of that information. And even though I wasn't, you know, swimming in the water, I had a moment where I, I, I dove into that water and I was looking into a, a world that was unknown and otherwise not illuminated for me, especially being kind of, landlocked we we have a lake of course in chicago but it's not the same as the power of the ocean and it just yeah. came i was i wasn't even thinking about tarot i was just watching the water i was, I was waiting for more dolphin friends and just boom the moon i just the moon yeah. is like it's a feeling in a lot mm. of ways it's not it's not something that's easy to put in the words i've tried to kind of describe this experience to other people but it's something that you have to experience yourself yeah um it's there's nothing you can use to describe that the, the depth of that and so i feel a real affinity to the moon and that kind of holy moment that's the, that's been a really special card for me as i i'm still learning it i feel like the card the moon is a card i'll be learning for decades yeah <laughs> i feel that way too what wow just you've blown my head right out of my ass with your wisdom and your depth and your power. Um, it's 
thank you so much for being here with us today. This has been such a true gift. Thank you. It's been an honor and a joy to be here. I love it. <laughs> um, right back at you with that one. Um, where can people find you, Aaliyah? So you can find me on Instagram at Aaliyah Walston. It's A-L-I-A-W-A-L-S-T-O-N. I also have a website, AaliyahWalston.com. And uh, I rarely use Facebook and Twitter, but you can catch me on there too. <laughs> <laughs> you want to follow me, you can follow me. I might not tweet, but I'll be there. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, just again, like, you know, to anyone listening to this, you can book with Aaliyah, you can, you know, just get, soak up her wisdom, just, um, yeah, all of the things that she just mentioned, um, all the links will be on the liner notes of the podcast as well. Aaliyah, just again, I cannot thank you enough. This has been sincerely one of the highlights of this podcast for me. Everything that you brought here was so soulful and incredible and I'm very lucky to know you thank you for being here thank you so much for having me